They are a wonderful snapshot of his care. Man, I'm making this hard for you. I'm sorry. From Boogie Land Media, this is On Carlson Drive, a dusty little dirt road of memories from the wit and whimsy of Wendy Bonifield. Today's episode, Lisa and Dan. Younger brothers are supposed to be troublesome and unruly. Critical, irritable older sisters are a must for any proper story. Let's see. An example from literature. Susan from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. She was a bossy pants. I suppose I could throw in the oldest daughters in Shakespeare's King Lear, but that's a little extreme. More like Beezus in Beverly Cleary's Ramona books. And there are oh so many examples in movies and television. But my favorite are the real-life examples of my older sister, Lisa, and my younger brother, Dan. So thank you, Lisa and Dan, for playing these roles perfectly in our growing up years. But please do not forget the role of the often forgotten and neglected middle child, played to perfection by me. Truthfully, I didn't know I had been neglected and forgotten until I got older and all the birth order books told me that as a middle child, I had been neglected and forgotten. I do see plenty of middle child traits in myself, such as the peacemaker. But for my older sister, Lisa, I simply played the role of the weird and annoying little sister. For annoying my older sister was one of my most favorite pastimes. If she thought it was annoying or weird, well then, I was going to do it. What's that you say, Lisa? You think it would be weird if Mom made me a shirt out of this flannel material with balloons printed on it? Mom, will you make me a shirt? out of this flannel material with balloons printed on it? Mom made me that shirt, and I wore it, and it was weird, but it brought me joy because it annoyed my sister. The term as different as night and day was invented to describe Lisa and me. Lisa loves the night, does her best creative work in the night, the true artist. Me? Night? is for sleeping. Fortunately, in our many moves, we only shared a room once for two extremely long years. My teenage years of 14 and 15 pitted against her teenage years of 17 and 18. Now, while I did have to share a room with my brother Dan over the years, Lisa would choose to live in a closet or an unfinished basement room to avoid that catastrophe. But this particular house in St. Louis did not have a spare closet for Lisa to live in. 
The only thing we agreed on in those two years was the colorful red, white, and blue plaid carpet and the toy soldier wallpaper the room started with had to go. Oh, yeah, and we had bunk beds. Although that did give me the opportunity to hang a curtain over the bed so I could sleep while Lisa kept the light on late. I must also admit that I was not the neatest person in the world. This annoying my super neat and organized sister. So that was a bonus for me. Sibling rivalry was strong with us, which was not on my side, because Lisa was definitely smarter and prettier and stronger than me. Like most younger sisters, it was a difficult world to navigate, simultaneously being jealous and proud of your older sister. She can be a little critical, the kind of person who simply tells it like it is. There is always a better way of doing something, and she is not shy about telling you the right way to do it. I can admittedly be a little sensitive and often construe her comments as criticism when she is simply, in her mind, trying to help. It has taken me many years to appreciate my sister. I have decided that she is like the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. Not very snuggly on the outside, but with a big heart on the inside. I'm not sure how she would feel about this characterization, but I think it's a good one. She is just not a sentimental, squishy person. Maybe she will hug you, if she must. But I know without a doubt that if I needed anything, she would be there for me. In a no-nonsense practical way, of course. Here's a little example from my freshman year in high school. It was small. I'm sure she doesn't remember it, but at the time, it meant the world to me. The scene is the parking lot between Wendy's and McDonald's. Five busloads of band kids pouring into the restaurants for lunch before heading off to a marching band performance. I'm going to end up standing alone in the parking lot, eating a hamburger all by myself. As my face grows hotter and tears begin to form, Lisa walks by with her friend. Hey, you mind if my sister joins us? Come on, Wendy, we're going to McDonald's. I'm not sure why I remember this so clearly, probably because it was during the time we were sharing a room, not getting along, and having your freshman sister sit with you as a senior on a band trip is not cool. I think that it's a small example of how Lisa simply does what is right. She wasn't going to allow our sisterly bickering to get in the way of the right thing to do. I used to take solace in the fact that Lisa may be prettier and smarter than me, but at least I am nicer and funnier than her. But I have this gnawing feeling that she may actually be nicer than me, too. But I am definitely funnier than her. And now for something completely different. My brother Dan. Dan is like no one you have 
ever met. I get some good digs in in some of my other stories, stories from our younger years. All little boys are crazy, right? And brothers especially can be trouble. At least I didn't tell the stories about the period in his life when he would randomly punch people in the stomach for no reason, or the time he took a flying leap off the couch and landed on Lisa, who was innocently watching TV, or when two older boys dared him to walk around a large gathering and ask unsuspecting people if they had a green noodle in their head, our dad's boss being one of the most memorable of those questioned, a spirited lad, a handful. I think we can forgive a boy for being rambunctious. Dan has heard most of my stories and has given me the okay. It's true, he said. I was a crazy kid. Dan fills a room, and not just because he is gigantic. My dad was not a large man. My other brother is not gigantic. How is it that Dan got the gargantuan gene? My mom says it's from my dad's mother's side of the family. Apparently, her brothers were all big men. His personality matches his size. Big. Truly an original. He loves to talk, always with a sarcastic comeback. He likes to give everyone a hard time, and if he likes you, he will probably tell you he doesn't like you. As kids, we were not really playmates, you can understand, given some of the specifics of his earlier years. As teenagers and young adults, we had a little bit more fun together. No one makes me laugh like Dan. He can also make me angry as heck. But he is loads of fun full of imagination. He always loved a good story and was at his most peaceful when mom was reading stories. All grown up Dan still loves a good story. Most of the time he tells a story through his camera lens, taking amazing photos wherever he goes. You can check out his photography at wildlightimagery.com. He also makes up great stories on the spot. Just recently, on an eight-hour car ride with just the two of us, he told me of this magical world he and his kids had made up over their childhood years of car rides and waiting rooms, full of characters like Slim Sammy and Jim Jammy or Beaver the Plumber and Bunny Bunny who owns Bunny Burgers and Pancakes, the Scarecrow Brothers and Bonus Jonas, named before the Jonas Brothers were around. They created a whole world with these and many more characters who have all kinds of silly adventures, odd jobs, and daily tasks. I cannot even come close to doing his stories justice here. They really need to be told by him. He has this whole world stored in his head. Somewhere out there in the universe is a video that Dan, myself, and my husband Randy made called Dan and Dell Save the World. I truly hope it never surfaces. Of course, if I tell the story, it probably will. It was during Dan's movie-making period. He would make all kinds of movies. They are a wonderful snapshot of his creativity and silliness. I don't 
remember much of the plot of Dan and Del Saves the World, probably because there wasn't much of a plot, but there was a lot of running around the house, and I'm pretty sure I was wearing pants that had a weird pattern on them, something like green and red bell peppers all over them. My dad played the bad guy. He wore an all-white outfit right down to his white loafers. We lovingly called it his Mr. Clean outfit. My favorite shot of the movie is of my dad, the bad guy. He says, you are gone, and he picked up a pepper grinder and disappeared. Some amazing film work. Also, I think there is a scene where Randy and Dan stick a firecracker in a matchbox car and blow it up, then edit in a scene from another movie with Leslie Nielsen walking away from an exploding building saying, Nothing to see here! It really, it really is a masterpiece. We did a sequel with more disappearing dad shots, but like most sequels, not as good as the first. Okay, maybe I would like to find it. Only if you will forgive my crazy bell pepper pants and bad overacting. Dan would be able to tell you that Leslie Nielsen movie. His mind is full of movie quotes and facts. He loves movies. If Dan loves something, he pours his heart into it. It shows in his photography, the way he loves his children, and don't even think about bad-mouthing the Die Hard movies. Fortunately, Dan has outgrown randomly punching people in the stomach, but not his wonderful imagination and his ability to make me laugh. Please note that I will continue to portray Dan as the crazy, unpredictable little brother, and Lisa as the critical, unfeeling older sister, all in the name of good storytelling. Also note that I love them both and fully expect them to forgive me and excuse it all as some weird and annoying thing Wendy is up to. Today, all bets are off because together on the microphone is my sister Lisa, my older sister Lisa, and my younger brother Dan. We're all together here. Say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. (laughs) All right. Excellent. Well done. (laughs) First of all, uh, you guys, I'm sure you listened to my story, right? You listened to it, right? Was I supposed to do that? Yeah, you were supposed to. (laughs) How are you supposed to discuss a story you didn't listen to? I listened to it. Come on. So the first thing I want to do is give you just free, you know, did did you take umbrage with anything I said? You get to have, you know, get to take me to task here. I told you I'm not a gargantuan person. (laughs) You said I had the gargantuan gene. I'm like, geez, I'm not gargantuan. Okay, but then I, it's... It's in comparison to the rest of us. And then so I said, to, fair. Yeah, see, I think that's fair. You're just, you're so much taller than the rest of us, and your shoulders are like 10 feet wide. And Listen, just, as long as you can clear it up with everybody that it's not about weight, I'm happy. <laughs> it is not 
about weight. Okay, that's it. That's the only thing you guys are like when you listen to this. Oh, is I supposed to interrupt? Is this going to be a thing where we argue and, and interrupt each other? Lisa, no, will you stop is, talking? <laughs> this is not, no, this is not a thing where we argue and interrupt each other. So fair. Okay, good, good. Um, yeah, I expected you to not to say so many nice things about me. So I was a little freaked out by that. <laughs> so you would like to, you would like me to have been meaner. I would not like it, but I did sort of expect it. I was concerned, like, oh, what will Wendy have said about me when I was a teenager? <laughs> to be totally honest, I was freaked out, too, just FYI. You were? You were freaked out? Yeah, I'm like, what is she saying here? Wendy doesn't like me that much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like you very much as a teenager, and I think I made that clear. Well, yeah, I think we all probably didn't like each other very much as teenagers. In my other stories, and you guys haven't heard all of my other stories. Oh, do you say mean things in other ones? You know, older sisters are supposed to be, what What do I say? Uh, you know, critical and irritable, I think, is how I described you. Ooh, irritable, is that not perfect? Right? So I wanted to then, you know, go on and say that there are good things. Yeah, but see, I grew out of that. Really? <laughs> <laughs> to everybody but you, Dan. <laughs> fair, fair. See, I wanted to say, you know, there are good things about you and that you did grow out of them. See? I I like you now, Lise. How's that? I got it. Yeah, yeah. I actually, you know, we've we've been talking more lately than, you know, we ever used to, I guess. <laughs> and it's nice. It's nice to have a, a sister who is, you know, like a friend. Yeah, it's pretty good. I we really weren't as teenagers. And we haven't been teenagers for a while. So. Right. That's, that is true. So that's it. So you didn't like the fact that I said too many nice things about you. I never yeah. said I didn't like it. I was just surprised by it. I was the one who said I didn't like it. Oh, right. There you go. Okay. So that's it. This is your time to make even Steven on any other story, anything else about me. This is your rebuttal time. Wait, I didn't get a, ch I didn't take notes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to let me say mean things about you and not edit them out. <laughs> oh, oh well, I didn't say I wasn't going to edit them out. It depends on what you were going to say. <laughs> I don't remember bad things about you, Wendy. You were just a, a kind of a puny little weakling. But other than that... <laughs> You were just, I don't know, you know, kind of, I don't know, a fly. <laughs> <laughs> just something to sort of push away. Go away, yeah. you puny little weakling. <laughs> I like you now. I probably liked you then. I just didn't want you hanging around me. Did you like me then? I, Dan, I liked you, and I just thought you needed so much help to be a good person. See? She, she was just helping, Dan. She was just helping. <laughs> I don't remember a lot about... You don't remember randomly punching people in the stomach? Nope. Maybe that's a thing you made up. It is not something yeah, you made up. Or maybe I was just so wrapped up in myself, I didn't notice stuff like that. That's probably it. <laughs> I think it probably is. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember pieces and stuff, but I don't remember... I can't recall, you know, all of this. Dan was just a gigantic dork when he was little. <laughs> Well, hey, Dan, 
you were a gigantic dork and I was a puny little weakling. So how about that? <laughs> Bye, guys. There you go. Call me gigantic again. Whatever. <laughs> You know, when I said that you were a gigantic person, I also then was able to move the story along by saying that you also then had a gigantic personality. I think that's good. And a gigantic voice. I do not! <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> I think that's, that's true. You do have a gigantic voice. And a big personality. But that isn't a bad thing. Okay, give us a taste of your story. I tried to tell some of your bunny bunny story and your Jonas your bonus Jonas stories, but I just I did not have I didn't even have it close. When Lisa was taking the kids after school while I was working at a job up north, I was driving them home. So I had to go to her house every night. Which, by the way, thanks for that. I had to drive to her house every night. And then when we were on the way home, I don't know what it was, but somebody was talking about castlefish. And I'm like, do castlefish exist? Is there really a thing called castlefish? I don't know. Is, is there a castlefish? So the main players of the original story were these castlefish, which, by the way, don't exist. Tom, Larry, right. and Flower, these, these fish. <laughs> uh, that's how it started. But it, it grew into something so much bigger. Yeah, Bunny Bunny uh, is uh, pretty much does everything in town. He uh, he's the mayor. He's the guy that gives us the newspaper. He runs four different stores, and then there's a guy named or there's a little beanhead, Bing. Uh, before the the Microsoft search engine, Bing uh, was a beanhead um, who who <laughs> is very much a troublemaker. You're so ahead of your time. You had Bing before Bing. You had bonus Jonas before the bonus Jonas. What's a bonus Jonas? You know the Jonas Brothers, right? The three guys sure. that are a band. I know who they are, sort of. So, so they have a younger brother who's not in the band. Uh, okay. He's he's the bonus Jonas. Hence, yeah. bonus Jonas. Okay, bonus gotcha. Jonas. My bonus Jonas just gives things away. Gives things away randomly. Oh, he gives bonuses. Yeah, bonus. Yeah. Here, bonus. Here's a pencil. Uh, but anyways, just to wrap this up, being, oh, and there's Banana Doos, who is just a guy in town who's a banana. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got one of those. Right, right. So Banana Doos and Bunny Bunny and Bing always have afternoon syrup. They, they, they congregate together in the afternoon and have afternoon syrup. They just drink a syrup cup. And sometimes juice cups. Just, well, just sometimes? Well, sometimes juice cups, but always syrup. It's afternoon syrup. That's what they call it. Like afternoon tea? Yeah, yeah, right. I love that. See, I just think that's such a great story. Banana Doos has a, has a rock in front of his house that's kind of annoying. He's cranky, kind of like Lisa. But then at one point, part of his rock got cut off, and then there was Junior Rock. So Rock and Junior Rock have a conversation a lot of times. And Junior Rock likes to wear hats. A lot of times they keep Banana Doos up. He's like, shut up! It's like four in the morning! <laughs> Uh, I don't know. There's a, there's so much more to it than that, but those are the main I, characters. I think Dan maybe needs to have his own podcast. I told him he needs to make a computer game out of all these characters. Yeah. Because it sounds like, you know, animal 
Park or whatever that little computer game is where they all go around and they just they're just little characters that do things. That is just a very little tip of what these stories are. There's so much more to it. Right. Well, let's go back to when we were youngsters, Dan. You don't remember, you can't remember your childhood, but do you ever remember how, if you ever, like, had a trick to just get under Lisa's skin? Not quite when we were youngsters, but at Lisa's wedding, we I was just having fun trying to make things, you know, light, and uh, Dad and I were there, and, and Lisa says something like, we want to have a good time, no jokes. <laughs> And we just thought that was so funny. Dad did, too. He tells that story so much better. I've never heard Dad tell that story. I've heard Dad tell that story. Hey, I was really on edge that day. Nothing was funny. Right. You don't pick on people on their wedding day. It's just you you say thing. you heard him tell that story? I've heard him tell that story. Yeah. I haven't. Good, good. We probably kept you out of it. No, it doesn't surprise me because, I mean, I know it was. It was a stressful <laughs> day. The roses on her wedding cake were not the right color. No, they were supposed to match the dresses. Yeah, and that's not funny. So you don't want to have jokes about it on your wedding day. We just thought it. it was funny. It's all I had to say. I'm out of it. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> that's it. You blew it. Uh, what else do I remember? I remember, and Lisa doesn't because I've talked to her about this, in St. Louis, at some point, we got so angry with each other. We had an ice fight. We were throwing ice at each other. Ice. You and me? Yes. Huh. I mean, it was not a, here, let's have fun and throw ice at each other. It was a ice fight. Oh, that's fun. I don't remember that. Wasn't Nobody fun. remembers it but you, Dan. You're making it up. Uh, no, I believe it. <laughs> I remember that. That was something. I know that Lisa always crunched ice, and that really annoyed me. Ah, yeah. yeah. You were annoyed by if I sneezed or had the hiccups. Yeah, you really were I, I did, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was stupid. See? Stop hiccuping! Okay, I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the ice was always annoying to me. Crunching that ice. <laughs> I still find people who crunch ice annoying. And I still do it, so there. So, so there, so there. So you haven't changed. You haven't changed at all. I remember one time, Dan, you and I were arguing about something. I don't know what it was. And I got so mad that I swung at you. I swung and I wasn't going to hit you because that was clearly not something I was going to do. I was just going to swing at you. But I got close enough that I knocked your glasses off your face and I knocked them all the way across the room. You probably don't remember this. I do not. Is that what they broke and he had to have them put together with duct tape? No, they didn't break. But the two of us just kind of looked at each other, stunned with these silent looks on our face. And then we just started to laugh. <laughs> and that was the end of our argument. His violent Wendy is so out of character. You have a, you have a way of diffusing stuff, I think. Just flinging glasses across the room. I know that one, maybe not specifically, but in general. Are you going to talk about the time you burnt my face off? I didn't burn your face off. I get it, but you still burnt my face off. You mean the face you have now is not your original I face? Just, it, it, you just... Well, just tell the story so that we can get it out. Okay. We were lighting sparklers on the 4th of July, and Mom lit my sparkler, and I turned around to wing my sparkler around in the air, and your face was in the way. And I just kind of swished it across your face, <laughs> and I burned your face. I didn't burn your face off. 
I still have a scar from that. You can't see it because I got a beard goatee thing, but it's there. I know. And I felt really bad about that. I cried for a long time. I went in the house. I wrapped myself in a blanket and I hid under the desk and cried for probably two hours. And so you should have. See, I was just a miserable little weakling back then. Wait, you're supposed to cry about me, not about you. <laughs> I felt so bad that I had burnt your face. Was I hurt? Was that, Did I cry a lot? Was it a big deal for me? I have no idea. I was busy crying. Probably not. Yeah, probably. I probably did. I probably made a bigger deal out of I, it than I should. Well, how old were you? Well, I was in second grade. I don't know. How old was so I? So you were four or five. So yeah, you were little. Yeah, let's go with that. So you did probably cry. You probably cried. I'm very sorry. Meaning. How many times do I have to apologize for this? Wendy has a worse scar than that on her face from childhood. That's right. Lisa ran me into a car. <laughs> as, exag- as exaggerated as Dan's story burnt your face off. I haven't heard it. What, what, what happened? We were, play- we were playing chase or something, and I was running. I was like running away we were just playing in a good-natured way yes and and i wasn't paying attention and i ran into the backside of a car and hit my face i got a pretty good black eye and i still have a scar just this that really does sound like she pushed you into the car i didn't i had nothing to do with it it's just wendy's klutzy behavior she pushed me pushed me right into the car it was all Lisa's now that fault. scar gives you character and now everybody that knows you will know why you have that little minus sign under your eyebrow i have too many wrinkles now for it to even be noticed <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> but neither of us have ever injured you Lise, so you're good mm, only emotionally oh yeah <laughs> you're so scarred are they big do we need to do some counseling or something <laughs> Yeah, would you need to have me and Dan counsel you, please, for those Mm-mm. emotional scars? <laughs> okay, well, here it is. This is it. We're going to bring it to a close. This is your last chance. Any more bad things about Wendy? I'll think about them all after we hang up. Uh, well, it'll be too late for that. Too late. You you don't get any more chances. Boom. Boom, the end. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, thank, thank goodness you so that's over. Thank goodness. Oh, I'll never talk to you guys again. Oh, man. This episode of On Carlson Drive was produced for Boogie Land Media by Randy and Wendy Bonifield. All stories were written, edited, and narrated by Wendy Bonifield. Follow On Carlson Drive on Facebook and Instagram at username On Carlson Drive. Please like, add, friend, and review this podcast wherever you find us. Join us next week for a new episode. Until then, thank you for joining us on Carlson Drive. <laughs>